Are you looking to be more informed about what's going on in your community? The Herald has a special digital subscription offer for new generation podcast listeners. You could sign up for a one month trial for 99 cents, then only $18.99 a month after that. With a digital subscription, you get web-exclusive content, including pictures and videos, obituaries, and a searchable archive going back to 2013. You can read the Herald on the web, your mobile phone, and on our Herald app, so you can get all the Herald content and the print paper delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer. Again, that's just 99 cents for your first month. So you can go to www.sharonherald.com slash pod offer today for this special offer. Again, that's sharonherald.com slash pod offer. Ben Bizet Chevrolet is Mercer County's truck headquarters. Quality new Chevrolets and outstanding pre-owned vehicles, plus an excellent service department to stand behind your vehicle purchase located on Route 19, just south of Mercer. Stop in or call Ben Bizet Chevrolet today at 724-662-5440. At Sharon Regional Medical Center, they believe in the power of people to create great care. Their dedicated employees work hard every day to make Sharon Regional Medical Center a place of healing, caring, and connection for patients and families in the community we call home. For more information, go to SharonRegionalMedical.org. First National Bank provides a full range of commercial banking, consumer banking, and wealth management services, plus industry-leading online and mobile banking solutions. Call your local FNB or go online at fnb-online.com. At Chenango Valley Meat and Poultry, you will find an excellent selection of steaks, burgers, chicken wings, and everything that goes along with it. Voted Best of the Best in 2021 by Harold Readers. Stop in at 1215 East State Street in Sharon or call 724-346-6328 today. Located in Mercer County, UPMC Horizon offers a range of services and medical specialties at two campuses in Farrell and Greenville. Together with UPMC Jamison in Lawrence County, UPMC Horizon provides a regionalized approach to healthcare. If you need care, go to UPMC Horizon or UPMC.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the New Generation Sports Report. I am your host, Tanner Mondock, and joined as always, our sports editor, Dan Heiner. Dan, how you doing? Doing good, Tanner. How you been? I'm doing all right. Recovering from our first long weekend of high school football, but got to say, it feels good to have it back, though, at least. Well, I mean, we say that, but we also have a long week coming up. We do. We got three (laughs) straight days of games coming up. Uh, We got Thursday games, we got Friday games, and we got a big one on Saturday, but... um, but yeah, so I guess just uh, before we get into all of that as to what's coming up, we were at two pretty good games, I'd say, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, but let's start off with Hubbard at Greenville first. Um, Hubbard took down Greenville in a low-scoring affair, 8-3. to three. Uh, Not much really happened that entire game, as you can see from the final score, but we had an exciting finish to that one. But uh, Dan, what was the story of that game? Well... It was a battle between two teams that run a wing T offense, which is an offense that outside of high school football, no one outside the military academies use in college. Mm-hmm. And ha- no one's run for the better part of half a century now. Right. Um, it's a low score. It, they're naturally low scoring games because the drives take longer. But, yeah. you know, just the fact that I thought Hubbard was going to run away with it after their first drive. They just went right down the field. Right. Yeah put up 
a touchdown, get a penalty on an offside, go for two, get it. And I was thinking, wow, this is going to be off to the races if they can keep doing this. Mm -hmm. Now, credit to Greenville, they were able to adjust to it. And they shut down Hubbard for the most part the rest of the way. The problem was Greenville was also able to move the ball until they got inside of the five consistently. Yes. And Hubbard is usually a team that's always really good on defense, but they really buckled down in this one. Mm -hmm. They ended up holding Greenville to a field goal in the third quarter when I think that drive stalled out at like the two. Yeah, they were pretty close. They were pretty close. They were inside the five. And then you get to the end of the game and it sets up like a movie. Yep. You know, they, they just go right down the field. Everything's going their way. And they have, I think it was three cracks, if I remember correctly. Yep, yep. Inside the five-yard line. Mm-hmm. They don't get it on the first one. They don't have any timeouts left, but they had like 45 seconds. Yeah, plenty of time to be on the goal line and get a couple plays off. But then they don't get it again. Yep. And now all of a sudden you start thinking like, oh, oh man, they might not get it. Mm-hmm. And with about eight seconds left, they line up for one last try. And scrambling, too. And I mean, which, it, is, which is the thing. They were scrambling. Both sides of the ball. The Hubbard defense oh, was yeah. not set they either. Were, they weren't set. The offense wasn't set. If the offense took, like, another half second, mm-hmm. again, they had, like, six seconds. Just take a breath, snap the ball. It probably would have been a different story. Yeah. But it was just a muffed snap. Yep. Ball falls down literally at the half yard line. And Levante Davis, a a defensive player for Hubbard, just jumps right on it with about three inches between him and the end zone. And then the clock hits zero. Yep. So, I mean, (laughs) you you literally cannot come any closer to winning a football game than what we saw on Friday night. Yep. I mean... It was it was just shocking because I mean you know it was an eight to three game. After that first touchdown and that one field goal, it was a lot of punting. It was a lot of just battle of field position, you know, going back and forth. Um, just a lot of you know wing tee offenses. Just a lot of piles in the middle of the field. Um, and then to get down at that last second, and then it just kind of all just falls out. I mean, it was just kind of like I'm, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I was kind of surprised Greenville, with the second play, didn't just, we're just going to load everyone up. Like like at times we saw, we'll get to this game in a second, mm-hmm. but at times like we saw with Sharpsville mm-hmm. against Wilmington, they need to get two yards, three yards, and they'll just load literally everyone up a yard from the line of scrimmage and just push their way through, and they'd pick up like three or four or five yards every time yep. on these little QB sneaks. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, don't hand the ball off. I know that's part of the offense. It's the entire point of the offense. But, like, you're getting down to the wire here. Mm-hmm. It would probably be more beneficial to just go, yeah. just push forward, instead of trying to have somebody loop around like they normally do on the wing tee and try mm-hmm. to run forward. Because you've been doing that the whole game. You know it's coming. Yeah. Like, Jump the pile. Quarterback, yeah. jump the pile or something. I don't both, know. But. Both teams run the same exact offense. Yeah. Same motions, same handoffs, same everything. Now, mm-hmm. Hubbard 
through it a little bit more because they yeah. used to be a spread a couple years ago. So they're they're more designed to throw it. But still, for the most part, everything was exactly the same. You know, this is the same offense you practice. You just take a chance at some point and just tap the guys in the center and just go, just give me a yard. Mm-hmm. And I'll see if I can fall forward for the extra one. Right. Yep. But, uh, nope, ended in a heartbreaker. Uh, Coach Herrick, of course, one win away from 100 wins. And thinking in his mind, maybe, in the back of his mind, I am eight seconds away from getting my 100th win. There's going to be a big celebration. We're all going to be happy and just I, just like that. I, I, knew, I knew what the response was going to be, but I'm like, you know, that's tough. You know, you're sitting on win number 99, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, To yeah. get it on a walk-off touchdown, I mean, that would have been, you know. Yeah, because th- literally there would have been no time left on the clock, yeah. maybe a second or two. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that, that was a tough one. Yep, definitely. But still... Like what I saw out of Greenville, though. Just the crowd, you know, they didn't put up a lot of points, obviously. But uh, defense looked good. You know, that's definitely going to be a good Hubbard team, it seems like. And still a lot of good things that we saw there. But, um, but yeah, then that was Friday night. And Saturday night, we saw Wilmington at Sharpsville, which this was a good one. I enjoyed this game. So this was a weird game because mm-hmm. if you look at the final score, you would sit back and go, wow, you know, this is was bad you know mm-hmm. i mean 23 nothing shutout it's a rivalry game i mean realistically there were you know a few plays just go differently especially early in the first half mm-hmm. we might be talking about a completely different game oh yeah i mean wilmington had nothing going for it in the passing game mm-hmm. what they finished with six total yards is that right three yards three yards Oof, I, by I, my count three yards if i remember correctly i gave him a couple but they they had trouble throwing the ball. And now, granted, they didn't really try to throw too much because Wilmington, they like to run the ball, you know, kind of maintain possession. But the problem was they lose their starting running back in the at the very end of the first quarter on a kick return. Mm-hmm. And that just seemed to throw everything else for a little bit of a loop. Yep. Now, they weren't running the ball particularly well at that point either, but you have to think that if you have a fully healthy first group, that there would have been a little bit more consistency. Mm -hmm. Then you also have a number of players that are cramping up and guys swapping in and out, and it just it it never really got going for them. And you got to think if this game wasn't played in week one and their bodies were adjusted and maybe it's week four, mm-hmm. who knows how this game goes? Yeah. I mean, there was a point, you know, like we're on the sidelines, we're on the Sharpsville sidelines. Like after a couple of those running backs went down on the Wilmington sideline, like I could overhear one of the coaches being like, hey, watch the quarterback. They have no running backs left. Like, yeah. I mean. And, and credit to Sharpsville. That offensive line. Colin Summers and Braden Summers did a tremendous job running the ball. Mm -hmm. And Summers, to his credit, passing. I I brought it up last week that we were going to see Sharpsville throw a little bit more Mm -hmm. than they have, and I was wrong in that. They threw it a lot more. Yeah. (laughs) They were slinging it all over the field. Uh But none of that happens without the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They were opening up, especially once we got late into the second half. 
holes the size of the state of Texas that Braden Summers is just running 20 yards down the field untouched. Yep. You know, Summers, or uh, Colin Summers, for the most part, had pretty clean pockets. He was able to, you know, when there was a little bit of pressure, he was able to roll out, kind of buy a little bit more time. But that game was won entirely in the trenches by Sharpsville. Mm-hmm. You know, Braden Scarbell and that group offensively just pushed around Sharpsville, or uh, Wilmington. And then defensively, Wilmington, the reason the run game couldn't get going was because Sharpsville would just, you, there were times where they go to hand the ball off or they try a QB sneak or something, or a QB keeper, and then all of a sudden you have a defensive lineman just right in your grill. I mean, there were part of the reason why their passing stats were so bad was they had one completion that went for negative seven yards. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a little, okay, start the play, just get the running back just slightly outside the tackle box, just dump it to him. It wasn't quite a flare. It wasn't quite a screen. It was kind of in between. Just dump it to him and let him go. Kind of an extended handoff. But the second he made the catch, there's like three guys in the backfield. Right. That defense was really, really amped up mm-hmm. for that Sharpsville game. Oh, yeah. A lot of turnovers they created, too. Um, Colin Summers, the quarterback, even had one of his own on defense. So, um, no, that was a really good game. And, you know, we talked last week, you know, we were interested to see what Sharpsville was going to look like second year into the co-op with West Middlesex. And, um, yeah, they look really good. So they'll be fun to watch this year. Again, I, I, I think I said this last week. If you if you didn't know about the co-op, you would have thought that these were kids that were playing together since Pop Warner. Mm-hmm. You didn't really see any communication issues with them. There weren't, like, receivers just wide open down the field. Everyone had a hat on a hat. Everybody filled the proper gaps for the Devils. Mm-hmm. The lines played like they've been playing together for years. I mean, that th- they're going to be interesting. I'm going to be really interested, interested to see what they do this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe just drink some more water. There were a lot of cramps in that game. Yeah, drink, drink <laughs> some more water, you know, get, get some Gatorade, you know, have, have some, you know, uh, a bottle of mustard sitting on the sideline just in case. But <laughs> I think we were talking at one point where we like saw what time it was and we we're like, you know, by this time last night we were leaving that Greenville game and like, we still got a little while left to go in the fourth here. It, no, it wasn't even the fourth. It was the end of the third. <laughs> yeah, and I looked yeah. and I'm like, wow, you know, it's nine Oh six. I was packing up. Yeah. Yep, but uh, yeah, definitely a lot of injury timeouts there. But um, but yeah, so two good games we saw last weekend. But uh, coming up uh, on Thursday this week, we have Sagertown at Lakeview. Um, then on Friday, we got a lot of games, of course. We got Greenville at Wilmington, Warren at Sharon, Franklin at Hickory, Reynolds at Mercer, Sharpsville at Titusville, Northwestern at Grove City, Kennedy Catholic at Union City, Mer- Mercyhurst Prep, at Slippery Rock, Western Reserve at Brookfield, and then of course on Saturday the big one, Ursuline at Farrell. So that'll of course be first game on the new turf. Two state title hopefuls going at it. Uh, so that should be a very good one. But um, no, yeah, we got a great slate of games uh, coming up. Any that stick out to you particularly, other than of course Ursuline at Farrell? Well, uh, yeah, obviously. And, and I mentioned Sharpsville at mm-hmm. Titusville. Yep. You know, I want to see. Sharpsville, I think, coming in is going to be the favorite. Mm-hmm. 
a two and zero start, I think, would be big for this team. Oh yeah, know, just because they they finished strong last year. Yeah, you know, so you've had some bumps and bruises early. Finished strong. It would be so big for these players to get off to a good start, mm-hmm. and then kind of see where you go as you kind of you know make your way through the rest of the schedule. I'm going to be really interested to see uh, how Grove City responds. They yeah. took one on the chin mm-hmm. against Avonworth, and it's going to Maori good coach. You know, I know there was, you know, some some questions about replacing some key players from last year's team. This, I think, is going to be the, kind of the opposite of that Sharpsville situation. Sharpsville came out strong in week one. Grove City didn't. This is your rebound game. Mm-hmm. And, and there are a couple teams that are like that. Um, you know, we have a matchup between Grove, you know, uh, Greenville and, and Wilmington. Mm-hmm. That's going to be big for both teams. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, it Reynolds-Mercer, you know, I think is going to be an, uh, another game that in terms of confidence for whoever comes out on the winner on that one, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be riding high. Yeah. You know, so, and Reynolds is coming off a good game themselves. Yeah. Mercer's going to have to figure out a way to stop Jalen Wagner. (laughs) Which in his stat line. Yeah. You (laughs) see that stat line last from last week. Uh huh. That is something, I mean, coaches know the, the, the key players going into every week. Mm -hmm. But when you see that stat line, you're just like, Ooh, (laughs) We, we we need to double down yeah. on making sure that we, you know, take at least try to contain that because you're not going to be able to keep it out of yeah. out of production, but it, he didn't even have that many carries. And no. It was what like almost 300 <laughs> yards or something? Like it was 280 to 200 something. I mean, it was some absurd amount on only like 10 or something carries. Um they're going to be a a good team and obviously They've had some success in the past, but you're not going to be able to duplicate that level of production. No. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Does how how what's the floor? I guess for the offense for Reynolds mm-hmm. is going to be a question that I'm going to have. Yeah. We see what the ceiling is. We saw it last week. Mm-hmm. But when things aren't maybe going well, what can you kind of bank on? Right. You know. Is it 100 yards out of him? Is it maybe 120, you know, all-purpose yards or whatever? Mm-hmm. So, because once you can set the floor, you know, coaches will always tell you, I don't need you to be great, but what I would like you to be is consistent. Right. You know, so if you can bank, okay, I know I'm going to get 100 yards rushing out of this kid, or I'm going to get 100 yards passing out of the quarterback, then you can kind of build the offense a little bit better mm-hmm. and you can even throw in some wrinkles. So that, that's what I'm going to be interested to see moving forward with, with Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Ursula and at Farrell, of course, on Saturday, um, I think it was interesting to see after their performance, Farrell's performance uh, last weekend is that of course, you know, they're losing their all-time leading rusher, Anthony Stallworth to graduation. Um, and to see them come out and dominate in the passing game was, pretty cool to see i'd say you know like how are they going to respond to losing you know the greatest running back they've had in a while and uh they got it done in the air and and you know what that's a good way of adapting by amp Mm -hmm. 
you know, you have this guy who was the bell cow for you for so long, you know, just put up ridiculous numbers as a senior. Yep. I mean, he was unbelievable to watch last year. I had so much fun watching him every game we got to. But how you have to adapt to that is you can either stay consistent with it Mm -hmm. and just bring in the next crop or like we saw with Farrell kind of the, the road bump that they hit in the postseason last year was when you need to throw it, you don't have maybe the developed talent at that point in time, lean a little bit more into the weakness over the course of the off season. Mm-hmm. Because once you can get that figured out, like no one's going to question that Farrell can run the football. Right. You know, I would be shocked if Farrell struggles to run the football in this the year of our lord 2022 Mm -hmm. but if they can balance it with a passing game then we're talking about a team that can compete against a school like ursland because you and i saw the irish in week one in ohio and they can do that yeah you know they can go and throw for 150 200 yards they can run for 200 250 yards Mm -hmm. and you don't know what you're going to get it's all going to be based on whatever the game plan is that Dan Reardon, the head coach of the Irish, decides to put together for that week. Yeah. So that should be a good one. I know a lot of people in the area are really excited for that. But um, so, yeah, before we wrap things up here on this episode, is there anything else I feel like we got to touch on? I'd like to point out this is also going to be the week one for our colleges. Right. So, uh Slippery Rock has a uh, 6 o'clock start, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Slippery Rock has a 6 o'clock start against Wayne State. They're at home. Uh, Grove City also has a 1 o'clock start in their season opener. Uh, Westminster is at Delaware Valley. That's a noon start. Uh, Teal is also on the road. I think they're at a 1 o'clock start. And then um, YSU takes on Duquesne in Youngstown, uh, and that is going to feature uh, Logan Lutz, former Grove City mm. standout, who had a 12-yard reception uh, in uh, Duquesne season opener against uh, Florida State mm. in Week 0 on Saturday. So also have a, have a pretty hefty college slate coming up here. That is true. Um, how'd they do in that game, by the way? I saw they were playing Flor- Florida State. What was the final score of that? Let's just say it was pretty one-sided. But, you know, what you expect. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, also, you know, should probably also note this as well, since this will come out on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Have the revival of the backyard brawl, which I'm going to be really interested in seeing. Right, yeah. Between West Virginia and Pitt. Mm -hmm. That game hasn't happened in 11 years. Mm -hmm. There are a few few locals that are, you know, uh, scattered between the two teams. Uh, Jaquan Hubbard is competing for the right tackle spot mm-hmm. for the Mountaineers. He's um, uh, from Sharpsville. From right? Sharpsville. Uh, former Hickory kicker, uh, Sam Scarton, mm-hmm. is at Pitt. And, um, Which he lost the starting job over there. Yeah, he's, he's listed as the backup right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. be interested to see how that kind of goes. Mm-hmm. Because with colleges, you never, you never really know what you're going to get out of a kicker. Right. You know, and especially college, even more so than the NFL, there's sometimes some revolving doors on special teams. Mm -hmm. It just kind of depends. So 
it, it's one thing to kick in the summer and it's camp and anybody mm-hmm. who's ever been to a division one college practice the kickers and punters are kind of thrown off onto like in some cases an entirely different field yeah because they can't afford to get them hurt so there are times you will walk like down the sidelines if you're walking watching team drills or offensive line drills or whatever and you will not come across the special teams guys mm-hmm. in entire practice yeah it, so it's one thing to do it in practice it's gonna be another thing to do it in game so it'll be interesting to see if sam can you know maybe get back into that spot mm-hmm. he uh, looked good last year and and let's also not forget kai wright is also yes. former uh feral tight end mm-hmm. is also uh at pit and he's listed as as the backup they plan on it looks like going to a kind of a three tight end system mm-hmm. so i wouldn't be surprised if he also ends up getting some time here on national television as well because that's yeah. going to be a seven o'clock kickoff on thursday on espn nice so could see some locals you know getting some national spotlight mm-hmm. always cool to see um then of course just i guess just to touch on some local things too we have uh Seems like a really cool local golf season, high school golf season going on now too. Um, Hickory Girls Golf Team is, of course, they won the state title last year. I think they might have a really good chance of doing it again. I, it's all you hear about whenever they go out there and play, is how well they're doing. It, I mean, it is ridiculously good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can almost bank that you're going to have at least one girl shooting like the sixties, yeah. like low sixties. It's. I mean, that's ridiculously good. Uh-huh. Both sides, mm-hmm. boys and girls golf, are going to look strong because on the boys' side, you have Grove City that is, yeah. you know, done a really good job. Uh, West Middlesex mm-hmm. has looked good in some of their mega matches as well. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I think Grove City is going to come out on top, you know, amongst the boys in the area. Hickory, I think, is going to come out on top amongst the girls in this mm-hmm. area. But that does not mean that there's not, you know, some serious, con- you know, con- uh, competition. Right. From some of the other schools, you know. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. There, there, there's some really good ones. And they're only, you know, if you look at some of these scores, they're not drastically far off. You know, you might have two or three schools that are maybe separated by about 10 strokes or so. So I, I'm going to be interested to see. We're going to be hitting the – we're kind of in the going to be hitting the midway point here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be interested to see who kind of makes that final push as yeah. they go through. Because mm-hmm. it seems like Kate Sowers over at Middlesex, which of course was our Harold Tammy champion this year, and uh, Petrochka over at Hickory are having two very, very good seasons over there. So – Interesting to see how their seasons progress because they've looked um, just – they can't fail, basically. Sowers, so. Sowers was one that, that I was interested in seeing just because mm-hmm. how young she is. Is she a freshman? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I was like, well, you know, like how, how, how does it kind of you know, play out, you know, kind of adapting to, to the high school game? She has not missed a beat. Yeah. She looks good in the Tammy, mm-hmm. and she looks good now. Yeah. Yeah. So – very interested to see how her high school career progresses because, yeah, she's off to a great start. So, um, but, yeah, I think that'll do it this week, um, unless you got anything else to add here. Uh, no. However, we'll say we are going to be getting into soccer coming up. Yes. You know, so we, yes. got, we have soccer that started this week. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, gonna, we're now kind of 
finally in the full swing of things. Yes, and I'm assuming what did tennis start this week or last week or it's probably yes. already been okay. Yeah. Well, expect to hear more from all across the uh, fall sports on this show coming up uh, every Wednesday. So. That'll do it this week on the New Generation Sports Report. You know where to find us. We are at SharonHerald.com. We're at Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, and be sure, if you listen to somewhere else other than SharonHerald.com, uh, be sure to subscribe on you know Anchor, or Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. That way, you're notified when the new episodes come out. Um, I typically schedule them to go out early in the morning. So, you know, wake up, see the notification on your phone, and you get to listen to us and what we got to say. So... But thank you all for listening and thank you, Dan.